30 plus years of service. Combat medals, citations, only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion, you won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are. Captain. Why is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week, we have the need... The need... The need for, for speed. speed. <laughs> I have to say it at the same time. Hey, we'll just blame it on the latency since we are recording uh, online. But uh, nope, that's actually the wrong movie. Because that movie came out in 1986. So if you think about it, Jeremy, today, we don't think... We just do, mm-hmm. as we talk about Top Gun, Maverick. But before we talk about this week's uh, movie, dude, let's welcome AJ back to the pod. Welcome back, AJ. Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be back. It's, it feels great to be back. And thank you for inviting me back. And I know I didn't know you guys enough. <laughs> we we, we kind of know each other right jeremy just a little bit kind of just a little bit it's not like we're related or anything i don't know <laughs> no chance no but i wanted to get you warmed up because like you said maybe we don't know each other that much but i so i prepared a question you know just in case i i want to get to know you a little bit better and i heard that you do like the original top gun i wanted to ask you when did you first see the first Top Gun, and uh, did it have any effect on your life? So, I've seen Top Gun so many times that I can't even count or vividly remember the first time I've watched the first Top Gun, but I know I've watched it freshman year of high school, and when I watched it, I said to myself, that's such an 80s movie, but I still love it. And... <laughs> It further catapulted me into uh, pursuing a career in aviation, so it helped, but it was very 80s. Very nice. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. You're very right in that aspect, for sure. Did well, it make you want to go play volleyball? No, I suck at volleyball, but, okay. you know, I can never look that good playing volleyball. Yeah. Just shirtless, uh, but with uh, really tight jeans on. <laughs> That's got to be so, so uh, uncomfortable, especially with the sand. Oh yeah, the chafing. <laughs> well, how far, how far how far along, um, if we may ask? Because I mean, this this podcast audience that we have is also family. Uh, but like, how far along are you with uh, getting your pilot's license? You want to, like, share the audience of maybe a recent, um, I guess, 
uh, event that has happened in your life? Um, so I did graduate a couple of weeks ago from Schenectady Community College. I graduated with an aviation science degree, and I'm currently working on finishing my uh, commercial license. I'm in the final stretch of the license. I just finished a stage check. I completed a complex training where complex training is with a uh, with a retractable landing gear and a um, uh, with a pro- adjustable propeller, so a little more, a little more advanced, but it's very it's very nice. I miss it already. But um, uh, with the airlines, I know people keep asking me about that. That's not going to be for another few years. So we'll see, see how it goes. So what you're saying is, if Tom Cruise was bullshitting, you would just be able to call him out on his BS, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> you heard it first, Tom Cruise. Watch out! Yeah, we got AJ, uh, our resident expert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to keep you in check. <laughs> my two hundred guys. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, it's fine. The two hundred, my two hundred flight hours doesn't mean anything at this point. I know when he's <laughs> BSing or not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, he's gonna be the uh, he's gonna be the first guy that breaks eleven G's. Yeah, you heard her here first. <laughs> anyway, guys, let's get right into our podcast ritual and just as a refresher aj this is where we talk about one notable movie or tv show uh that we want to share with our potty uh podcast audience so jeremy let's get started with you first uh, what's one notable movie or tv show that you want to share okay so we talked about it on the newsreel and i don't want to mention any spoilers here because we did have a some spoiler talk on the newsreel i watched obi-wan the first three episodes and I can say, I can safely say, it's better than the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> Hot take, guys. Um, it, man, I when I watched the recap uh, from episode one, or the one that, the recap before episode one started, yeah. it, it made the prequels look so good. Like it, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, damn, God. that's epic guys that was epic and i was getting i was (laughs) i was getting emotional watching that recap and i was like dang this is gonna be good what are you talking about the prequels are amazing right true yeah (laughs) from what i remember (laughs) no no i i enjoy them but that that uh recap made them look like the original trilogy yeah but no it was it was definitely good um i'm glad i mean definitely check out our episode last last from this last thursday on the news road where we talked about the first three episodes more we again like Jer- what jeremy said we uh we talk about more spoilers uh from the first three episodes i can't believe we're about a week into to uh obi-wan kenobi <laughs> and we're already halfway through the season it's crazy to me Ugh. Um, AJ, what what's what's the uh, I guess your offering for the podcast ritual? So of course I've been watching Obi Wan, but I'll throw in something else that's different. Of course I've been watching Stranger Things, mm. Total Blast. I haven't finished it yet, but more than halfway through, and I think it's awesome. I think it's great. You're more than halfway through the seven episodes, so like you're what episode three or four. What is what's going on? They were they're in the house. They they went up to the attic and their flashlights. Started. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Spoilers, bro! Spoilers! spoilers. <laughs> I actually haven't started. <laughs> I haven't started yet. 
Hey, at least, I didn't at even least realize it. At least it sounded very <laughs> very generic. <laughs> generic. Attic. Okay. Yes. Whoops. Whew. Yeah. Whew. All right. Very generic. And then No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. And then yeah, Boba Fett comes out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh I'm I, I'm still working on my rewatch actually, so I'm, I have like two more episodes left of season three. Uh but I'm almost there. I'm almost there. We'll probably talk about it on the newsreel eventually. Maybe next week. Maybe but I should after. get started. It's actually good. Yes, it's good. It's okay. great. Yeah. So far, how does it stack up to the first three seasons? Just like, uh, is it is it comparable to uh, a particular season? Well, that's the thing. I feel like I still need to, I need to rewatch the entire thing to get a better ranking of it mm-hmm. but i feel like every season it's different it's not leading and not every season's not leading to another it's not a whole build-up it's i feel like it's different each season you know just different types of what's going on with the crew so but uh each one is unique in my opinion mm. okay okay it's something that I'm definitely looking forward to eventually watching. I'm hoping sometime this weekend. I know that, well, for those, uh, oh, I mean, this is an audio podcast, but I mean, Jeremy and AJ can see I'm wearing my pool party shirt. Uh, there's going to be a lot of basketball watching these next few weeks. So I'm going to have to try to sneak in some stranger things in between the finals. So go dubs. Warriors and anyway. six. <laughs> yeah, dubs and six. Exactly. Um, for me, for the ritual, I had a feeling that AJ and <laughs> Jimmy were going to take the two most popular um, releases from this past Friday, the 27th. So I want to share a show that I have been watching very slowly. It's just uh, I've been kind of watching an episode here and there. I'm almost through the first season. There's only been one season. It's a show that's on Showtime. And it's called Yellow Jackets. It's starring Melanie Linsky, Christina Ricci, and Juliet Lewis, among others. Um, it's a 10-episode first season. It's about 40 to 50, 45 to 50 minutes per. Um, and it's essentially about a high school, women, uh, high school girls soccer team. And I don't want to give spoilers away, even though this is literally in the first episode something happens oh, it's okay you can't do oh, it worse with me i almost i almost broke it with stranger yeah. things yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay it's all right man uh but for this show i'm i i've i've liked it uh so far there are admittedly some slow parts but uh as far as the overall premise because there's a lot of mysteries uh i do get vibes similar to a, another favorite show of mine lost and so i guess from the fir- early episodes they show some mysteries and they actually haven't gotten to those yet so uh, i'm kind of curious to see how long this show actually runs uh showtime shows kind of have the tendency to kind of drag on longer than they should so i'm hoping that you know they have a clear plan they cut it there's no fat or whatever but uh, Yellow Jackets is, is is a pretty good watch, I think. And uh, I mean, if you guys need a Showtime password, yeah, I share it. <laughs> watch out. Yeah, it's still sponsor us though. We also yeah. need a, yeah, Spo- yeah. a sponsorship. 
I don't care about you, Netflix. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dang. Oh, there goes your sponsorship. <laughs> no, we love you, Netflix. We do. We just we just uh, hook you up with uh, Stranger Things uh, as far as a as a plug. So anyway, guys, before we get into Top Gun Maverick, let's do a little bit of episode cleanup. Last week, Jeremy, uh, we talked about The Godfather, didn't we? We ran a poll. Yeah, we did run a poll, and it was an interesting story because it was a very interesting movie. We asked who had the better storyline or who whose storyline was your favorite, uh, Vito Corleone or Michael Corleone. And 67% of you said Michael Corleone had the better storyline. Ooh. I'm actually pretty surprised on that. Yeah, I thought it would have been closer. Um, well, I could kind of see it. I mean, Michael Corleone kind of starts from the bottom, mm-hmm. and now he's here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are right. I <laughs> uh, had to throw in a little bit of Drake. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised he, he started. I mean, we, we talked about, what, Star Wars. It was kind of like similar to Luke Skywalker's journey or whatever. And so, and Vito has always been that, that force, the Dawn has always been there. You know what I mean? And so there's only so much you can do uh, within that storyline, but dude, both characters are so, I don't know. They're classic, you know, they're all timers in my opinion. And so um, really you can't go wrong with either choice, right, Jeremy? That's true. They both have really good storylines and, it was my first time seeing it, so if you haven't watched The Godfather before, go go see it. Yeah, it's currently out on Paramount Plus right now, and we're not sponsored by Paramount Plus or any of the other streaming services, but definitely go check them out. Uh, speaking of, um, I guess, other entities, if you do want to participate in these polls, we usually run them on Twitter and Instagram every Tuesday following a brand new episode. And so definitely go vote, vote, vote. Uh, we definitely do appreciate uh, the uh, just the interactions between us and the audience. And so, guys, we've reached our main event this week. Pete Mitchell, call sign Maverick, somehow finds his way back to where it all started more than 30 years ago in the nostalgic sequel to the 1986 original film top gun maverick and so guys here's our spoiler warning from here on out we will be dissecting this movie inside and out we'll do it uh frontwards uh do front flips inverted what what other maneuvers uh aj stalls spins of course my favorite inversions (laughs) yes all that we're inverted bullshit I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wrong movie yet. Yeah, dang Wrong it. Wrong movie. Uh, but yeah, we, um, we're issuing that spoiler warning. So go ahead and hit pause right now. Go out in theaters because it's only out in theaters. Tom Cruise made sure of it. He delayed the movie two years because of the pandemic to make sure that we saw it with, within his vision, seeing it on a big screen with the best possible audio. Um, so it was a good time. Just do it. That's too too much of a spoiler so guys let's get right into the double feature and to remind the uh everyone of what the double feature is i have a question the guys don't know what i'm gonna ask and jeremy has a question that we don't know what he's gonna ask so i'll go ahead and go first and so guys for my half of the double feature and we'll start with you jeremy 
just so that AJ can, can kind of get warmed up a little bit, you know, get, get to thinking. Jeremy, name one thing, good or bad, that surprised you the most on your first screening of Top Gun Maverick. Okay, the first thing I have to mention on my first watch, yeah, I watched it two times, I missed the opening sequence. Oh, I missed Danger Zone. Man, man. How <laughs> so, could you miss that? Look, look. I, I thought there was going to be more previews. I was a little bit late. And I'm never late to a movie. I blame my friend Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sean, his, uh, his roommate and macaroni and cheese lover. Yeah, and I blame him. Um, just kidding. It was both of our faults. But I'm, I didn't know that Danger Zone was in the movie. But... The thing I really loved was just that the music in the opening scene that I saw, I guess, in my first viewing, the how epic it felt. Like, I didn't really feel that with the, the first one. I think that was an improvement upon the first one. Yeah, they had the Top Gun anthem before, but it, it felt much more mature now. Like you said, a little bit less 80s uh, compared to the... The original one, which is which is good because it did need to evolve. I think the score was one that stood out to me the most upon first first viewing. Did Hans Zimmer have like a uh, credit on that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was uh, Hans Zimmer. Lauren Balfe has been really yeah. good, one of my tops recently. Yeah, I just wanted to just find an excuse to mention Hans Zimmer because he's our favorite. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. Hey, so, AJ, uh, what was one thing, good or bad, that surprised you the most on your first screening? Because I'm sure we had all had expectations, right? But then I'm sure there was one thing that was just like, whoa. <laughs> or maybe it was like something like, oh, what? Well, coming into the movie, I know that a lot of the action sequence, especially in the, the F-18s, are shot in real life or very they're very practical and i knew that ever since they they released a trailer i can already tell that it's like oh it's not cgi Uh, but uh watching it in imax and just being immersed in the in the experience it actually made me feel like i was in the cockpit of course i always daydream about being an f-18 zipping through it and uh, supersonic speed but this movie actually makes me feel like i'm an universal ride or something like that but it was it was i love that i can't talk i can't uh i can't talk enough about it talking of good things about it it's it's fantastic did you um did you uh try to double check or did you kind of critique uh some of the more technical aspects of aviatorship uh, with some of your experiences in your own field? Um, I did not want to be uh, nitpicky with this movie, but uh, everything was very accurate. It was mo- uh, It was probably 99% accurate to the uh, cockpit. Um, I run Nerd Alert. I do a flight simulator called DCS, and I'm learning to fly the F-18. And a lot of what is put into the movie is very accurate to what uh to what the actual f-18 is the sounds what they see is very accurate mm-hmm. uh the only very nitpick that i have is these 
what the military has when they go training is that they have safety bubbles. Uh, Maverick likes, especially through training, he likes to get very close to his trainees. And I don't think that would fly in real life, but it makes for a great movie. Yeah, it does. Makes it pretty intense. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Super intense. And that training was, a, what, two weeks in the movie. It was bumped from three weeks to, like, two weeks of training. Yeah, yeah so much happened in those two <laughs> weeks now that I think about it. <laughs> it's very eventful. Uh, f- to answer my own question, the thing that really surprised me initially, I mean, Jeremy mentioned one of the surprises, so I won't get too far in depth in that because... Literally, that already just, <clears throat> it, it got me hyped for the movie just because the nostalgia factor. Because I saw this when I was a kid in the 80s. Yeah, I was born in the 80s. And also, I, I think I mentioned this to AJ offline. I used to play the original Top Gun game on the original N- Nintendo. And, you know, like, it, it brought back memories of, yeah, playing on the uh, on the Nintendo was another thing but it was at the time it was cool just to be able to kind of you know try to like blow someone up with missiles or guns and then trying to land uh the the f-14 tomcat on the on the aircraft carrier and it was funny the times because you know still a kid sometimes it was like awful and i would just like literally crash into the the ocean and be like oh (laughs) but Anyway, really, the the thing that really caught my eye and surprised me, and this is more of a subtle thing, I was surprised that they, I was surprised that they came up with a main story plot thread from just a reference from the original, and I'm talking about the admiral's daughter Penny Benjamin, because I'm glad I watched it the literally the morning of. I ended up watching it on Memorial Day, on a matinee show, so. Literally, I went from watching Top Gun on Netflix straight to watching the, uh, the, the movie in theaters. And even then, because it was such a throwaway like reference, when, when uh, I guess Maverick sees Penny over at the, at the flight deck bar, and he's like, Penny? What? And I was like, wait, was that the name of the Admiral's daughter? It, it was bugging me throughout the whole thing. And so as soon as the movie ended, that was literally the first thing that I checked. And... Sure enough, that was Penny Benjamin, and that was, again, one of the things that I did appreciate. They took a quick reference that only took place over like 30 seconds, and they made a whole thread out of the the whole movie um, for the sequel. Which I would have to say, that storyline with Penny, it worked better than I expected. Because it's like, oh, it's going to be the same thing as the 1986 version right but i actually feel like i don't know it could just be me but the romance worked a little bit better this time maybe it was because it wasn't so shoved down your throat it actually really felt like um especially you know i kind of wish that they played take my breath away but at the same time (laughs) it was i don't know it was a little bit much (laughs) in the first one so did the romance take your breath away this time around? <laughs> yes. Yes, it did, AJ. <laughs> Someone had to do it. I was, I was waiting for it. I was like, 
should I pick at that low hanging fruit? Nah, let AJ do it. <laughs> I'll give him the opportunity because we do that every every week, right, Jeremy? That's pick true. At low hanging fruit. Damn, that's uh, that's the best kind of comedy right there, man. But if, if you think about it, though, I mean, I could appreciate them not, you know, taking the easy way out with the nostalgia and using "Take My Breath Away" because I felt like that was more of a thing where. Maverick at the time was this hot shot, and yeah, it was like this forbidden love with his instructor. Um, but then, you know, going back to Maverick 30 plus years later with Penny, there was already a history there from when they were young, young kids, and now they're older. And so it's more of a okay, it's more there, there's like a rapport that has been built. Yeah, it's, there was up, <laughs> there's been ups and downs. Um, I mean, the daughter say, "Hey, don't break your, don't break my mom's heart again." I'm like, "Oh, Ooh, yeah, that was a good scene. Dude, that was a good scene." <laughs> uh, the daughter was surprisingly real, well written. I'm glad they they wrote her that way too, because you know, I, we've talked about this in numerous and movies, daughters and kids, kid actors, kid actors, hit or miss, <laughs> very hit or, more miss though. <laughs> surprisingly, this season has been more hits. Yeah, I know than it's, than usual. I'm pretty. Pretty happy about that. I so so am I so am I. Uh, my question for the double feature is a little bit similar, but I wanted to get into a little bit more detail. I want to know. Uh, we'll start off with you, Ken. Were there any specific moments that immersed you into the movie? Because I know that AJ was super immersed. So, but were there any specific moments that you felt really immersed, or? Because I feel like it's one of those movies that could happen also. Specific moments that took you out of the movie also. Ooh. Okay. Um, I was immersed the whole movie. Again, I think literally starting from the, the opening soundtrack. I was like, oh, dude, I'm in. They're using the original. Forget it. I am like, I was, I was worried that because uh, I didn't get that much sleep from the, uh, from this past week. And on a, you know, I was on a road trip. But I was like, okay. At brunch, I'll make sure to have some coffee to stay awake. I didn't have to worry about that at all. Like, even when there was, uh, you know, more of those talkier moments, especially uh, with um, with Maverick and Penny. Even then, I was like, I felt like the dialogue was was compelling enough where it was it tied into the, the original movie versus... Or and it tied it perfectly with with uh, with Maverick the movie, uh, the sequel. And so, um, to answer your question, the scene that got me, or one of the scenes that got me, was when everything f- kind of went to shit, and literally Maverick had to show him how it's done, and he ran that course in two minutes and fifteen seconds. That was intense. I already knew he was going to do it, but I was at the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, no, is he going to just literally just do it? And the, the way he was just literally just tearing up the course and going mm-hmm. faster than any of the other guys that we had seen up to that point, showing him how it's done. Uh, that was one of the scenes that got me hooked. I mean, but I was hooked from the very beginning. Yeah, the, I just remember thinking in that spe- scene specifically, I'm like, did Tom Cruise actually do this? How fast was he actually going? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. It was very realistic the way he was like, <sighs> yeah. <sighs> that was, yeah. You can yeah, hear his breathing effort. with the yeah. G's. That's I'm like, whoa. 
like yeah. it's like you're in it literally yeah uh how about you aj do you have a specific moment that took you out or really brought you in so of course from the moment the opening scene comes in i was already hooked and but of course the one scene that really got me really hooked was when bob and phoenix had the bird strike because um because the other plane i keep forgetting his call sign uh i think was it coyote 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 yeah. had uh he couldn't go with the g's and he passed out and maverick was chasing after him and trying to give him tone and wake him up and that's what everybody's focused on it's like oh my goodness is he gonna wake up is he gonna wake up and eventually he wakes up and all is calm all is calm phoenix says even says that was close and then the next thing you know birds come in took an engine out and everybody's like oh my goodness even i'm like oh my goodness it just went it went from 100 to a zero to 100 real <laughs> yeah. quick very real quick and and she did all her emergency procedures whatever she can whatever bob can do too but and once the they they bailed out and the plane hit the side of the mountain i felt that i'm like wow like even in training that there's real danger in training because mm. with the training everybody i felt safe when they were training because they're just training but with this one even training could could get people hurt so. yeah i mean every time someone ejects in top gun i'm scared yeah <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> talking about goose man. we've all been traumatized yeah wow. didn't help that they they actually showed the flashback i was like no <laughs> oh, goose. I, I didn't need <laughs> to, to see, see that die in slow motion <laughs> oh, by the way uh aj like you're talking about obviously you know you've you're flying now have you gone through like those emergency procedures? Say, for example, if you do have wait, what do they call it? Bird something? Bird strikes. Bird strikes. Yeah. Do is there like some sort of procedure that they do teach you, like when you're actually in flight school? Uh, there's many procedures, but the main one is the engine out procedure, and mm -hmm. they burn that into my head. What to do? Literally, the first thing you do is get to your glide speed so you won't lose any altitude. That's that's very important. And then you try to start up the engine right away. I don't want to get into too much detail. Uh, well, there's other procedures like engine uh, engine fire or wing fire, electrical fire. Uh, there's radio failure. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that you, they could prepare for. And for the most recent one, there's landing gear failure. And there's many fixes to do it. Just remember, checklist. That's all you can. And just stay calm. And anything anything besides flying a plane just stay calm really and yeah. phoenix really stayed calm she 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 did her she did her best yeah i mean i'd probably be, be freaking out <laughs> i know going that fast <laughs> yeah going yeah. that fast oh my goodness Sheesh. done man yeah I can't even go down a windy road nowadays without getting sick <laughs> <laughs> i know i get car sick <laughs> oh man uh, for me, though, for being immersed, I'm going to go with a little bit more of a subtle subtle scene. It's when they're about to actually head out for their their actual mission, Ooh. where Maverick is getting ready. He's in, kind of like in his dress whites, and he's visiting Penny. That, that little montage, and they're uh, standing at the beach, and the music's playing. No one's really talking. And I'm like, dude, Maverick's going to die. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, no. I was getting emotional, man. I didn't expect uh, that out of Top Gun. Yeah. Especially, I, I just thought he was going to die. Because I'm like, if if Maverick can die, if Top if Tom Cruise can die, then anyone can die on this mission. And they sold that to me. They sold that feeling that our main guy can die, which means all bets are off. I really, you- I really agree. I really thought that I was like, there's no way, but I think they're going to do it. And I'm not ready for that. But they really sold it. They, re- they got me. They got me. Well, did you guys think that he actually died when uh, when he got shot? When he saved Rooster, he basically just flew his plane into like the the basically the enemy fire, and his plane went down. Did you think he actually died? Well, I'll I thought there was a chance. I did. Well, I think he. Well, he did the Cobra maneuver with the flares, and I thought if he's if he's dead there, then he went out in a very great way. But. I saw the tail detached, and I said, maybe there's a chance. The whole thing didn't explode on impact, but I was hoping that he would survive. Yeah, what got me was the cut to black when they were focusing on Rooster's eyes, and it just cuts to black. And I was so immersed into the movie that that black screen (laughs) felt like forever. And I, I And I felt like the audience that I was watching with, because I watched an early screening, and everyone was like super Top Gun fans and you just felt when it cut to black everyone's like no it's like I thought it was the end of the movie yeah. and uh, luckily we wake up and Tom Cruise is there yeah what if they actually, end the movie there yeah uh, if actually, they did the, that that's some uh, balls right there on, on my second viewing I, I just uh, I actually watched it with friend of the podcast and third member of, of the weekly real podcast Andrea it was her first time watching it, and uh, when that scene happened, I was like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> I played it off. Let's go. <laughs> credits. Roll credits. <laughs> That's me. She's like, "What?" And she's like, "Oh, never mind." It's like, gotcha. That's anyway, <laughs> guys, let's get right into the audience question because you know this is where we want to involve you guys, the audience, and obviously Tom Cruise. Uh, reprises his role as Pete Mitchell, call sign Maverick. And so we want to ask you guys, what is your favorite character played by Tom Cruise across his entire filmography? Uh, AJ, why don't you take this one since you're our guest? My favorite character played by Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. It's just Tom Cruise in different universes. (laughs) But in all serious, of course, my favorite is Pete Maverick Mitchell. I can't pick oh. anything else i thought you were gonna say iron man <laughs> in a different, oh yeah in a different he was multiverse. an iron man in, uh doctor strange well, yeah yeah he was there that is true <laughs> but yeah I, I figured uh maverick will be would be your pick uh jeremy ken you know what my pick is gonna be it's gonna be ethan hunt man yes. i feel like so much inspiration from his running scenes especially the last three movie mission impossible movies so ethan hunt for me well, speaking of running, since y'all just mentioned it, um, Jeremy, I got to ask, oh, what did you think about the running scenes in uh, <laughs> in Top Gun Maverick? Were they a little underwhelming? Nah, dude. I felt like there was... I didn't expect any running from this movie, but there's that one shot where he's running through the trees, like the camera's horizontal, 
yeah. with him and you just see him running through the trees when he's running to rooster yeah that, that still got me that's all i needed that's, <laughs> that's all i needed <laughs> how about you aj I, I, that was the exact same thing that i thought about when i saw him running i did a little leaning article there Whoop, there it is there he is he's yeah, running i, I, feel I know like he, and he was running upright like he normally does with the high the high hands had a little bit of trouble because of the snow though snow so, yeah. at some point best. He did yeah. And then he had the extra equipment too, but he did. Yeah. He I mean, I, I, I remember sending Jeremy, was it last week, right? A, a, an article from ESPN yeah. of uh, the run of Tom Cruise. running. I'll, I'll send you the link, uh, <laughs> AJ. It's pretty funny. That's a thing. Yeah. That's actually a, an article. No they just way. T- talk about <laughs> Tom Cruise running. Wow. It, I think it came from a, an Olympics perspective, right, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah. It's, Let's just say he's not as fast as he, he seems, but it looks good for camera. Yeah, it does look good for camera. And they just said that if he actually just kind of leaned forward a little bit, it would, he would actually be able to maximize it a little bit more. But, I mean, you got to do it for, for the movies, right? <laughs> yep. Got to keep your head held high and arms as fast as possible. Exactly. Well, in, in an interest to give a different answer to Maverick and Ethan Hunt, because uh, well, Ethan Hunt's my choice. I want to give a special shout out to Vincent, Tom Cruise's mm. character in Collateral, because he doesn't really play a villain very often, and he played a, uh, a an assassin really well. Uh, he and Jamie Foxx's um, kind of back and forth in that movie, I think, is one of his underrated movies. I love Collateral. Yeah, if I wasn't going to say Ethan Hunt, I was going to say Vincent to give that character more love. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Collateral yet, AJ? No, I was too busy watching Top Gun. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Dude, we recommend it, though. Jamie Foxx is really good in it. Um, I mean, who else is in that movie? I know there's a few others. It's been a while, but I, I forgot who he's with with most of the movie. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, Tom Cruise stand out in that. Oh, so good, so good. So, guys, if you want to uh, check us out on the social medias, Jeremy will let you know where to follow us. So it's going to be at Weekly Real on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or TikTok at Weekly Real Pod. And then our email, you can email us at the email weeklyrealpod at yahoo.com. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was at the danger zone. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> because it is at the danger zone, but not really. Because. I mean, the danger zone is only occupied by call sign Maverick. Anyway, the actual email address is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. So, fellas, let's take a quick break. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. And AJ... I mean, you've been on two podcasts. You're a veteran of this. You know what to expect after the break. Yes, that's right. We are going right into our weekly reel awards for Top Gun Maverick. And so we're going to kick off this week with a brand new award. I mean, because there were so many, I guess, callbacks to the original, the 1986 film. And so this week's new award is something that we'd like to call the On Your Left Award. Uh, for best callback reference, because way back on, in Endgame, I mean, they called back, well, Sam did, with the iconic 
on your left uh, with the portal scene, and it was a callback to Winter Soldier. So, uh, and again, this is me and Jeremy's favorite movie. Um, I think top two, I think, or top two or three for both of those movies. Anyway, that's for sure. So, AJ, uh, who are you going to give our inaugural on your left award uh, for best callback reference to? Of course, I have to give it to the legendary Val Kilmer. Nice. I yes. was slightly scared that they were just going to put up a picture of him and of Maverick, ju- Maverick and Ice just texting each other. I thought that they might, like, they're going to try to get away with that, but they actually had himself with perfect screen time, in my opinion, in this movie. It was such a great scene. It got me all emotional, too. <laughs> Not going to lie. And it ended off with some good laughter. And we still feel that mutual respect that they have for each other. And it's so just so nice to... It's very satisfying to see, especially just watching the first Top Gun a million times of them competing each other and butting heads. But with this, this is such, this is such a nice moment for Maverick to just talk to an ad, to an admiral like this. And the fact that Val did speak was even better when he did that i was like oh wow i'm going to cry (laughs) and he was still even funny without even saying any words it was a touching moment yet it was a funny funny scene it's best of both worlds yeah it basically um it basically uh, calls back to like obviously throughout the the entire first film with their rivalry uh, but at the very end of that, you know, especially after they, I guess, uh, come through with the with their successful mission at the end of Top Gun, uh, I love that they had a similar like dialogue when they were actually talking to one another within this scene that you're talking about, where it they literally call back to the whole Iceman when he's like, "You, you are still dangerous, but you could be my wingman anytime." And the Mavericks all like, "Bullshit, you could be mine." And dude, you could tell that that rivalry still there, that mutual respect still there, and and you know it. They, I love how they ended it with a little bit more of a light-hearted moment, but it still held its weight because you know you you could see there was that um, that relationship that and and friendship uh, that carried through past the film for the thirty plus years after, because obviously admiral Iceman was always looking out for maverick uh, every time that he got into trouble i honestly felt like i was part of the friendship or i wish i was <laughs> that was such a good scene just because tom cruise in that scene it's like he's pulling out all the stops for top gun even in the acting department i'm dude, like dang he, got me around the fields dude yeah he was he, 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 Dude, there was times when I was like, oh, man, am I going to start crying too? (laughs) Because his eyes kept watering up at Mm -hmm. at least a handful of times throughout the movie. Yeah, I was like, right, especially with with all of Val's Iceman's scenes, even when like it's just text, you you can feel like the, the, the chemistry and the camaraderie that they have for each other. Yeah, I mean, and you could see uh, in Maverick, uh, there was just like a huge weight that has just been weighing him down ever since, you know, Goose passed away. It's it's always been there and it just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier. 
um, especially with Rooster kind of being reintroduced back into his life. All right, Jeremy, uh, who would you give uh, your very first on your left award for best callback reference? I missed it the first time, and I mentioned it earlier. It's Danger Zone. I didn't know that. I, going into the movie, I was like, I really hope they play Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone or a version of it, updated version. But they still stuck with the original version, but I missed it the first time. Luckily, I did. I was able to catch it the second time. And like, I didn't even know that they had the, the title sequence in the front, uh, mm-hmm. um, kind of the text outline everything again i was like i missed all that stuff i, I don't know I was, i'm kind of i was kind of pissed at myself because ken you know i never like being late to a movie and i was kicking myself for sure I yeah was, i mean uh oh go ahead yeah so when that popped up and i was thinking this is the exact same opening i was smiling big smiles throughout the entire actually throughout the entire movie really it's the exact same thing. They just updated it uh, to the what's currently being used. You have the F-35 and F-18s right now. But I was thinking, it's like, wow, they really called back to the first movie. And I think this was the only appropriate way for to uh, for Top Gun Maverick to open up. And it, it was it was perfect. I loved it. Agreed. Even the even the text to open the the movie was the exact same yes. word for word mm-hmm. uh, when they're setting up Top Gun. And obviously, the only difference was. Uh, the the tagline for Maverick, uh, I, but yeah, I had chills. Oof. yeah, I I completely agree with uh, both of you. Those were pretty much at the top of my list for you know the both the ice fan scene and and literally the opening credits. If you guys look at my notes, I have both of those scenes for this <laughs> uh, award. But in the interest of giving a uh, 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 an on your left award, uh, a different one for me. Again, in the beginning of the movie, I mean, Goose has his uh, like his ghost, for lack of a better term, just looms large over this whole movie. But you can especially feel it during that first um, that first scene at the bar because, yeah, you know, Tom Cruise is off like basically uh, at the bar with Penny. And, you know, he violated the rules with having this phone on the bar and he's, you know, having to pick up the, uh, around for the entire um, for the entire bar. Uh, but then, you know, like all the students are kind of filing in or whatever. But you're like trying to wonder, it's like, hey, did did Rooster see Maverick at all during this? And obviously he didn't, but there were a lot of near misses. Um, but you know that this is going to be at the back of your mind. But then as soon as Maverick gets thrown out and um, obviously Rooster's already at the piano and he starts slowly, you could kind of hear great, uh, great balls of fire playing in the background. And it turns from a very lighthearted scene, you know, where there's a lot of it's, it's basically an introductory scene where you get to learn a lot of these students call sign names and like kind of like their personalities and stuff. And you're getting to learn Penny as the Admiral's daughter and, you know, barkeeper. But it then just takes a turn for for such a happy song. And you remember how happy uh both maverick goose and then uh meg ryan i forgot her name carol i think uh in the movie i could be wrong don't kill me with that i don't have that in my notes but you 
you remember the happy times right before Goose dies. Um, but then obviously Maverick remember remembers uh, that whole scene from his point of view. And it just, it just ah, tugs at your heart. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Um, it, why did it have to be that song? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was my favorite. And Miles Teller, man, just to, he just feels so much like Goose. But then there's that, that drama around it that brings so much intensity to his scenes with Tom Cruise. I was I was like, dude, how, how are they going to get past it? And I, I likened it to imagine going to college and having to repeat those four years like all over again. Just the extra four years wasted, I guess. And I understand why he would be pissed. Mm. Yeah, he did a great job. I almost forgot that he was in uh, Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he all is forgiven. He was in Whiplash. Darn that, it. That <laughs> He's so good in that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? Let's get right into our next award, the Yinsen Award. Uh, Yinsen was a very underrated character within the MCU, and so we're going to give out the award for either guys, and this is like your guys' choice, underrated character, or if you want to, uh, I guess, describe an underrated scene. So, AJ, you're our guest. Uh, who would you give your Yinsen Award for this episode? So my Yinsen Award is for an underrated character, and my pick is Bernie Hondo Coleman. Yeah. He's nice. Throughout the movie, he's been amazing. He he believed in Maverick the entire the entire movie, and it's just from the get go when he was in the Dark Star when he pushed past the limit. He saw it coming, but even though that he Maverick's Maverick, he still supports him. And during the the towards the end of the movie when Maverick supposedly uh, died. And there's a shot of Hondo just standing, just standing there with a tear drop. That I, I was like, wow, yeah, that is me too. And he was trying to fight uh, with the, with his superiors to try to get Maverick back. Like you can tell that he wants him, he needs to save them, but he, he knows deep down that he can't really do it. But he still tries to do it. And I felt that he was really, he was really a wingman throughout the entire movie. See, what I was going to say, like, what adds to me thinking that Tom Cruise was going to die was when he was in the cockpit and Hondo was was like, you know, it's been an honor to serve with you. I'm like, he said the words, guys. (laughs) It's done. Yeah, I thought that was it. I was like, oh, that's it. Oof. Hondo was really good. Yes. Uh, I it's like so, someone like that. He just has a he's got a presence about him, and he again just like AJ said, he was always kind of there from the beginning, kind of always there um, to kind of support him, you know, through that program. And you know, obviously Maverick was trying to look out for the, his crew, you know, the test pilot group, um, you know, with that contract and. Uh, I mean, that's why he went bat, went to bat for him as well. So um, that's a good one, AJ. Uh, how about you, uh, Jeremy? Who would you give your Yinsen Award? So Honda was very charismatic, but I'm going to go with another charismatic character for a different reason, though. I'm going with Hangman <laughs> because he's like this version's or this generation's version of Iceman in a way where it's like you just love to hate him because he's not 
a very nice dude, but it's like he has the skills to back it up, but he's not a team player. He's kind of like what Maverick was mm-hmm. before, and he just wouldn't listen to to Maverick, uh, and obviously butts heads with with Rooster, and the, the arc that they gave him, I think it was a it was a good one. You know, it wasn't too. It was a bit cliched, but it was it was good. Uh, where he basically gets humbled, grounded. He wasn't part of the the squad in the end, except for he was uh, waiting on the carrier just in case they needed him. And obviously, by the end, they they needed him. And I thought that was a appropriate way of using the character. Yeah, and he got a second kill too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so proud of it. I love him. Yeah. I love his little dialogue in the uh, after the kill. Actually, As I, I live and breathe. <laughs> he kept saying that. I know, right? <laughs> I, uh, I will good. mention. I will mention. Hangman had the best, the best helmet because it was Hangman without the two A's. Yeah. I thought that was genius. That is a really good helmet. It's kind of jealous, actually. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, dude. Um, what do you call it? Hangman? Had this. He always had this weird, like Tom Cruise, like smile just like you said he he obviously is supposed to play the rival someone that is supposed to kind of be like iceman but he really was like maverick but in iceman's body because <laughs> of the, <laughs> the blonde hair yeah that's pretty funny uh for me and jeremy knows this i will then you know you guys go with you know underrated character mm-hmm. i'm gonna give my underrated scene in yinsen war to the scene where Maverick drops off Penny, and you think he's just gonna drive off, but Penny just leaves the door open. Oh shoot! Little Bruno Mars. And then I just re- I just remember like <laughs> my my theater was like, oh, here we go, here we go. But you know, it it turned into a very touching moment because mm-hmm. you know they're not just like trying to get it on or whatever. Like uh, most movies would would portray. They actually have really good conversations. And really, this is where you kind of get the meat and potatoes of kind of the the like the kind of the story and some of the motivations, especially where we get the backstory between Maverick and Rooster, you know. And so this is where we find out that not only did Maverick, uh, I guess, pull uh, Rooster's papers and he, he got held back for like, what, five years? I, f- I forget. I believe it was yeah, four years. Four. Four, like years four years. But, I mean, he, yeah. So he, there were, he was able to explain the motivations behind that. And yeah, he was looking out for him in that, in his professional opinion, he wasn't ready. And so obviously he didn't want him to die. But then we find out that Meg Ryan's character, the mom, mm. Carol, was actually the one behind it all. And Maverick was like put in this precarious position where he obviously wants to be a father figure for Rooster because, you know, with what happened with Goose. But he also wants to like, you know, he wants to protect him. So it's like, okay let me pull his papers. Let's delay this. But then now, obviously now he, he will be re- uh, resented by rooster. But at the same time, this is actually coming from his mom. So he has to kind of protect her as well, because the last thing you want is for rooster to resent his mom. So this whole thing, it was so mind blowing to me that 
I was like, dude, in a movie where you're just thinking that we're just going to get fighter fighter jets and I don't know, just maybe some 80s nostalgia like from the uh, or nostalgia from the 80s movie, we get like an actual like stakes, emotional stakes from the original movie and I was like, "Oh, dude, the dialogue is so good. The motivations and writing so good." Yes. I remember in my theater when it was in those touchy moments when it's really quiet. I could hear people as a collective move their bodies or shit, like adjust their bodies to emotionally prepare for what they're about to hear. It's it's weird. I, that's what I noticed in my second time watching it. But like, wow. See, what I realized after the end of the movie, it, it's not really a movie about the fighter or the basically fighter Plane, fi- fighter jets and all this action and stuff it's really about the story of the characters and the character drama which is weird to say about Top Gun uh, yeah sometimes the the dialogue is a little cheesy and cliche at points but I feel like that's it. it's because of its roots <laughs> pretty much <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I was really impressed on how well we connected with these characters 36 years later so Guys, let's get right into our next award. And, dude, eh, I mean, Top Gun has a lot of action sequences. It's only right that we give out the does anyone want to get out award for best action sequence. And so, AJ, have at it. Uh, obviously, I'm going to go for this one. I have to pick out the mission itself when they carried out the mission. I, After going all through the drama of the training... I felt like I was actually flying the mission. Once they got the bombs in, that was already intense enough for me. I was at the edge of my seat. But once they got up high enough for the SAMs to detect them, that's when it got a level, many times more levels up more. And my my favorite shot of the entire movie, well, and one of my one of my favorite shots of the entire movie was when everybody is getting chased after the Sam's. Yeah, it's just a uh, they, the camera pans out and it's just a beautiful shot of the gorgeous scenery. The, but then the you see shot, a right? bunch of missiles flying around and they're Dude. trying to get out. I had instant chills seeing that. I wanted I wanted to frame it. Honestly, it's it's a beautiful shot. Whoever came up with that, props to them. See, that's a good one. (laughs) I was thinking that was my favorite shot as well. Because you also hear everyone on their comms. Yes. They're they're all just trying to survive. And you see all these missiles and flares going off from every plane. And it's just like, it's it's chaos out there. You can feel the weight. You can feel the chaos, their tones. they're, they're They're all just trying to get away. And you're just like, I hope they get away. Yeah, no, that was a good scene. I was actually going to ask you like, if there was a specific part of that, but you answered my question before I could ask it. Dude, that was just chaos um, in a wide shot. Just like you said, that, again, that's one of those scenes where I'll definitely remember how everything looked like because I was able to see it in XD in, in a larger format. And, uh, dude, it looked gorgeous um, with the snow setting. So good. Uh, Jeremy, who do you want to give out your Does Anyone Want to Get Out Award to? Uh, for me, we mentioned it before. It was when uh, Maverick runs the course himself in 2 minutes and 15 seconds. So we talked about that already, but I want to go with an underrated 
shot, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, it's also during the actual mission or right before. And there's this one shot where they're getting into attack formation. And then there's this overhead shot of the jets and just lining up. And it was such a good shot. I was like, I don't know. It, it Like, if you guys, if anyone out there knows of the game uh, near Automata, they have a lot of these overhead shots and they use jets and stuff. And it reminded me so much of that video game where, but at the same time, it looked so real. It was, I don't know. I was, I was pretty stunned at the cinematography, especially in that last mission. Oh man, that, that last mission was just <laughs> such a roller coaster. I think I, I, at one point I felt dehydrated because I felt like I think I sweated a lot. So much going on, so intense. That fir- that first viewing, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I should have, just because I was just at, at the edge of my seat the whole time. It reminded me of when I watched Fallout. Uh, for me, the does anyone want to get out award winner for me? It's it's got to be the very, well, not the very end, but near the end when Maverick and Rooster they reconnect. Uh, obviously, after the running scene that we talked about earlier. <laughs> And they're trying to figure out how to, I guess, escape. And so they they come across that airfield that they bombed. They find a an old relic, the F-14 Tomcat. And that entire scene that I'm talking about is when they actually board it. And you get old Maverick and Goose uh, vibes in the uh, F-14 Tomcat. But this time it's with Maverick and Rooster. Some of the dialogue is... Uh, is just uh, so iconic from before do some pilot shit uh, uh, yes <laughs> that is my favorite line from rooster do some of that pilot shit maverick yeah dude and um actually i mean you guys talked about one of my favorite shots my other like that was like one a my one b shot was actually from an extra that fifth gen uh i guess uh. the fifth the fifth gen pilot when dude Maverick does some crazy pilot stuff and he somehow gets into attack mode within the F-14, shoots a missile. But, dude, I don't know what I don't even know how to describe what that fifth gen uh, fighter pilot did. But he went into like some weird I don't know if he shut down his engine or something like that. But he did something weird where it somehow evaded that missile. That was completely nuts. I almost lost. it. I was like, dude, that was like an extra. I completely lost it there, <laughs> especially at that first viewing. It was me, my buddy, who was also a pilot, and a bunch a bunch of older uh, folks. They're probably veterans. They're probably military. All of us lost it. It's like we just. It's like an MCU movie that we just reacted to. Everybody went, "What?" I went, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Uh, I still can't even um, describe it. It was like a flat spin stall. It was something crazy. It it almost. It basically defies physics. I, uh, st- even the second one, I'm just like, oh my god, how, why? <laughs> yeah, that that scene was just nuts. I mean, and, and the whole interaction, um, basically, it started when when it went two two on one, right? Like with the with the the two fifth gen um, thing. So I'm gonna go back to that, but I mean it. it, it we're on an emotional roller coaster, and then it, it ended with Hangman saving the day. 
Uh, did you guys see Hangman saving the day, or was that a little telegraphed, or did you really believe expect- that? Oh, I did you really believe that he, they were gonna they were gonna like get blown up? I thought that was it. This is how I was. Yeah, I I, I didn't want to believe it, but there was some small part of me is saying that they're going to get out of this. Someone's going to swoop in and help them out. <laughs> but I was like, this is it. He, Maverick was talking to Goose. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, see, that I was thinking, like, yeah, one of them can die, but they can't both die in the same jet. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's too much for, for people's hearts. So I didn't expect Hangman to come to the rescue. I thought they would, like, eject or something. Yeah, because, yeah, like, Rooster was trying was to eject, trying to. right? And, and he couldn't. I'm and... like, don't eject! <laughs> I know. Uh, I called it at the very end. I thought they were done for, but then when that uh, when that third, uh, I guess, bo- bogey or what do they call him? Bandit? Bandits. Yeah, the third bandit um, came in out of nowhere and had him in sights, uh, got tone and everything. I was like, oh, dude, what? And then as soon as he blew up, I was like, Hangman? (laughs) And then sure enough, it was Hangman. Um, So, but dude, that was just so, I mean, even though it it seemed cliche, you get the Deus Mm. uh, Ex Machina just to save the day with Hangman. It still was really well done. Exactly. Oh, my God. So good. It's cliche, but it's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, Quick honorable mention. I love the initial first dogfighting training montage scene where the i guess the stakes were the 200 push-ups that was a fun scene where it really just it, it was really the first dogfighting scenes within Mar- and you could definitely st- tell the difference between 1986 and 2022 um and dude maverick was just all up in their business it was so good yeah shout out to my boy bob Bob, the stealth pilot. Uh, his call sign or his real name? Bob. That's a, Bob. Uh, the that scene also had a great song choice, in my opinion. Yes, won't be fooled again. Yes, so good. All right, guys. Well, I mean, we were just talking about some competition with the two hundred pushups. I don't know if we're gonna do two two hundred pushups for last place for I guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. Maybe we'll discuss that offline, uh, but. Yep, we're, we've reached that part of uh, the segment. And so currently, our season four score, I have a very slim lead. Jeremy ate into my lead last week. He actually got first place. Uh, the current score is uh, me with 16, Jeremy right behind me at 15, and then Andrea is at eight. And so, AJ, I th- I think I want to say that uh, last season you were on two episodes and you kicked her butt both episodes. I pr- I'll probably have to fact check that, but it <laughs> seems like you did. Uh, so, did. HA, I mean, this is your domain. Uh, what is your guess for Top Gun Maverick for the Rotten Tomato score? I guess 95 on this one. Mm. Ooh, I think that's realistic. Um, Jeremy, do you actually have Andrea's guess? Um, I think she emailed it over earlier today. Yeah, let's see. It is, she guessed, 89%. Ooh, okay, okay. okay. Good. Uh, Jeremy, go ahead and give us your guess. Ooh, mine's right in between them, 92%. Mm. 
<laughs> it's gonna be close. Oh, no, this is this is gonna be great. I guess ninety three percent. What? Oh, that's oh my oh, goodness! Is, I don't know. Close. I'm not feeling good about this. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going on. Let's see. This is where the fun begins. <laughs> Wrong movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> they were still flying though, in space. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's the next one. All right, um, AJ, what did you guess? 95. And your streak continues. Oh. Tomato meter, 97%. No way. Wow. Damn. What? Wait, who? Wait, what did you guess, uh, Jeremy? I guess 92. So. Oh, you're, yes. You come in second. <laughs> well, guest is just first guest. Yeah, I get second, but amongst the competitors, first place. Damn. Yes. <laughs> anyway. I think Darn. I should have my own place for the next season. I think you yeah. should. You know, <laughs> See what happens. I could be the, uh, another decider. I know. Seriously. Uh, but now the current, uh, I guess, score, we have, I took first place. I'm at 19. Jeremy gets second it bumps him up to 16 and then andrea man she's lagging behind she's still stuck at eight (laughs) until next week but we'll get into next week in just a sec because we're going to give out our final award of the evening the i love you 3000 award where we rate top gun maverick on a rating uh between one to three thousand so aj what would you rate top gun maverick oh it's gonna be a low Three thousand. Whoa! Dang! I, I think I that's the just, first three thousand I, I ever had. Is here. it? It might. Be. I think so. But I was just kidding when when I was like, "Oh, three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> this is offline, well, by the way." I had high expectations for this movie, and yet they were still exceeded from infinity and beyond. Wrong movie, but. <laughs> I mean, yes, as a pilot's perspective, this is a love letter to every pilot, every every aviator lover out I there. See it. I see um, it. And I just love the fact that people love this movie, even though they have no knowledge of aviation or the aviation world. And I think it works best for everybody. I, I think every anybody can watch this movie and still enjoy the heck out of it. And this is why I love it. I love it three thousand. I love it. <laughs> nice. 3,000 also. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, you're, you're, I like your response. But anyway, Jeremy, <laughs> why would you rate it? I'm going to give it a little bit lower. I'm going to give it a 2,700 out of 3,000. So that's 90%. Like, if this was Tom Cruise's last movie, he should be proud. You know what I mean? It's just this movie was everything I wanted in a movie experience. Like... I I'd, I'd, honestly, when they said, oh, we're going to make another Top Gun, I'm like, how can you, what else can you do? And to, Tom Cruise is just like, here, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> and the, it, I would have to say it's the best dogfighting I've ever seen in a movie, and it's going to be very hard to beat. I agreed. Just because, like what AJ was talking about, you saw practical, um, practical effects. Especially in a CGI-filled world, it's it's very refreshing to see practical effects, especially at this high level of <laughs> of cinematography. So, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, well, for for me, uh, 
My Love You 3000 Award, uh, I would give a rating of uh, slightly higher than Jeremy. 2736, 91.2%. I will... I, I think I'm comfortable now in saying this. This is actually my favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, Ooh, yes. I it was very close with the Batman. I mm. that was like the like my I guess my I guess clubhouse leader of best movie of 2022 so far, and it I think it narrowly beat it only because of the rewatchability aspect of it. I think I, I would I think I'll pro I would probably choose to watch Top Gun Maverick over the Batman uh more often than than not. We'll see. I, I, I still probably gotta marinate on that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I feel like mine can either go a little bit lower or even higher if I just rewatch it. You know what I mean? It's just I gotta let it stew. I didn't want I gave it a safe rating at yeah. ninety just in case. I, I feel you. You don't want to like fall victim to, to recency bias, right? Yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, Jeremy, do you actually want to go ahead and preview what we have upcoming uh, for our main show next week? Yeah, next week we catch up with Detectives Carter and Lee in both Hong Kong and Paris as we continue and conclude our franchise rewatch, kind of like a miniseries, with Rush Hour 2. And three, both streaming on HBO Max, still not sponsored. Gotta! Lee! (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was hoping you guys would respond. (laughs) I got you. Of course, it's the new Marvel. You have to say it. (laughs) Do Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, man man. but yeah we i think we have a guest lined up for uh next week for rush hour two and three um it's gonna be fun kind of going back into that franchise rewatch uh for i mean we we spent three seasons doing the mcu rewatch and so uh i'm pretty pumped that we uh you know, we we kind of stuck with a kind of a shorter one. It leaves us open to doing another franchise uh, for season five and beyond. So uh, be on the lookout for that next week. And again, just like Jeremy said, uh, both movies are currently streaming on HBO Max, along with the original one, which we covered uh, earlier this uh, season in episode, I believe, 60, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, check that out. And so before we call it an episode, AJ... Uh, do you have anything to plug uh, for not only the upcoming week, but for the rest of the season? Since I think this is this may be, I think this is your one appearance for the week. Uh, we'll we'll leave that open ended. <laughs> Sorry. Well, hopefully, I can make another another appearance. <laughs> we hope okay. so too. Yeah, so you can find me in my socials, uh, mainly Instagram. At age, it's AJG17, and we'll spell it out in the description. All right, cool. Any photography? No? Yeah? Photography, I'm starting to blend it together, really. So just make it one whole thing. Less. Okay. Okay. Less I respect work. it. Min- yeah, it's min- you're minimalizing everything. I yep. love it. Just uh, uh, bring everything all in one. Uh, Jeremy, do you have anything to plug for the upcoming week? Uh, just the usual 
JP underscore flicks on Instagram. I'm actually on there. Ken actually messaged me there and I responded. Yeah, dude. I was like, what? what? You responded no within the oh, the hour? Within the app. <laughs> With, within wow. the app, too. Yeah, within the app, too. I was like, I was, I was kind of testing it just to see because, you know, we've been kind of talking about how he's been plugging. I was like, whoa, he replied back. So, yes. Uh, he's on there. We'll put the uh, the spelling in the episode notes, just like with AJ. Uh, you can follow me on at FreeKenA on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, still don't have a TikTok yet, but eh, we'll we'll think about it. We'll work on but, it. <laughs> yeah. All right, fellas. You know, ordinarily, again, I think last week we uh, we usually try to wind down our episodes with some final thoughts. Uh, last week we kind of strayed from that tradition with kind of doing something. For The Godfather, we did. Uh, we wanted to do some quotes. I mean, this week we're talking about Top Gun Maverick, and I think I feel like it's only right that we kind of reveal what what we would have for our own individual call signs, especially AJ since he's a pilot. So, uh, for our final thoughts segment, I want to ask you guys what would be your call sign. So, AJ, take this one first. So. I actually do have an unofficial call sign from the flight school given by my chief flight instructor. I'll tell you a little story. It was at my rookie year. I just started my private license and I was signed off to do a solo cross country, meaning flying to another location at least 50 miles from base. So I decided to fly to Rome, New York, not that Rome. Italy. <laughs> it's about yeah, it's, it's it's a little more than fifty miles, about like forty five minutes straight shot. So I get up, I'm all ready to go. Did my pre flight in the little Cessna, and I was off off uh, my way to Rome. I get there, it was a nice nice little FBO fixed base operator uh, operator. Um, they had cannolis there to keep it with a theme. I called my nice. mom and I said, "Hey, I'm in Rome." I, it was such a good flight. I'm like enjoying myself. They have free popcorn. They have a, a nice soda machine. And I told my mom, like, all right, I'm, it's my time for me to head back to home. going to go back to Schenectady. So I hop in my Cessna, go through my startup procedure, and I get a call. My flight instructor calls me. I pick it up. My engine at this point is running. And and I pick it up. I I put my phone under my headset and say, hey, what's up? I just started the engine. And he said, check your cowling, the, the front hood, basically, of the plane. And I said, what? He's like, turn off the engine and check the cowling. I was like, okay. I turn off the engine. I'm like, all right. He said, and I'm still on the phone. He's like, all right, look inside the cowling. What do you see? And I look into my cowling, inside my cowling, and I see the oil dipstick is nowhere to be found. Ooh. I was like, oh, I was like, I re- I realized like, yeah, it's missing. And, and my flight instructor said, yes, I'm holding it right now. He's back <laughs> in Schenectady. So Ooh. we were trying to figure out how uh, someone can come or run over to Rome uh, or fly over to Rome and give it to me. But it was weird. I didn't see any weird things happening with the oil pressure or temperatures. I never noticed it. Um, so... Uh, my flight chart told me like, all right, we got somebody to, to fly over to give you the dip, back the dipstick, and he told me it was the chief flight instructor. And of course, I started up like, ah, oh, no, 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 this is not good. This is not. This is not a good look. So mm. eventually, he comes he comes over to Rome, 
and I come out of the uh, building and it's just a meetup. I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous. And he comes up. He's holding the dipstick. And he, the first thing he says to me, well, I know what your call sign is now. <laughs> so wow. my call sign is dipstick, you know? <laughs> there you <Wow>. go. <laughs> and ever since then, whenever I have a stage tech or a lesson with uh, my flight uh, chief flight instructor, we always laugh about that. And it's a good life lesson. We always make mistakes. Yeah. And we learn from it. So, there you go. Yeah. Well, we can laugh about it now because nothing happened. Oh yeah, nothing, <laughs> so. yeah. So we can. Yeah. It, it's still in in my nightmares, but it's a it's a it's a bad event and in, turned into a laughing memory, if that's any of the how you say it. But yeah, <laughs> at least you got a story now. <laughs> yeah, you do, and it lives on this podcast. We feel honored. <laughs> Jeremy, what would be your calls? I don't know if any of us can beat that story because that story is pretty epic. And he's an uh, actual but, pilot. Yeah, and he's an actual pilot. And he's got the aviators. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, for me, like AJ, call signs are usually given by somebody else, kind of like nicknames. And uh, it's usually tied with a memorable story. I was thinking about mine, and back in high school, playing flag football, um, the, like I was a very shy kid i wasn't very outspoken a lot of the time in high school but uh you know i was a, i was a substitute for uh one of the players and the coach did not know my name it, like he he was like a substitute coach and he was trying to call me into the game and my last name is Pulumbaret, oh. very long last name and it's on my jersey so he's like hey plumber boy get in there <laughs> and so wow. i i was like I'm like, well, okay, that's not my last name, but whatever. So I get in there, and uh, so my call sign would probably be Plumber Boy. <laughs> that's wow. a pretty good one, actually. I like that. Who is this guy? Let me beat him up for making fun of our family name. <laughs> I know, seriously. I wonder if he already got punished or not. I'm just kidding. Not for that month, though. Whoa. <laughs> Inside the show. No, crap. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll ask you about that after <laughs> after we're done recording. But AJ, he, we'll get you, we'll, we'll we'll clue you in on the inside yeah. um, joke. I don't it's know if it's appropriate even a joke. For here. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't think I can beat any of those, so I'll quickly just call. I mean, it's self-appointed. I'm not gonna call what my uh, I'm not gonna call myself the well. My call sign won't be what my social media is, is which is free ken a free ken a but i think my call sign would be just like a, an abbreviation of that i would just put three letters f n a because dude f and a i'd probably be like cursing myself out like just being scared shitless hmm. uh trying to f like fly um I honestly I don't know how you do it, AJ. <laughs> I don't know I'm afraid of heights, <laughs> so um, yeah, I would never be a pilot. So um, yeah, that would be mine. Nice. Anyway, uh, guys, uh, dude, it was a hell of a podcast. AJ, dude, um, thank you again for being an expert, uh, dude. Like, 
when we when we uh, scheduled Top Gun Maverick, I was like, okay, this was actually the first episode where we blocked off. We already knew we wanted to have you as our guest for this particular episode for obvious reasons, and we're glad that it worked out schedule wise. So, uh, you know, on behalf of Jeremy and I, mm-hmm. thank you for joining us for this oh, episode. Man. No, thank you for inviting me. At one, I just this is a perfect setup. I I can go on hours talking about this movie, really. And it's I'm a just, three thousand movie, man. 3, yeah, 3, our very first three thousand. And movie. I mean it. You got really it. Mean it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But you, thank you for having me for this one. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know what? This is definitely not going to be the last time you hear from AJ. I mean, you you ha- uh, we had him. We're lucky to have him, actually. I should say, uh, in two episodes in oh. season three. So check out those episodes if you if you do enjoy this episode with AJ. He was on our uh, Eternals episode that's streaming now on Disney Plus. But also he was on our uh, last MCU rewatch episode with uh, Avengers Endgame and Spider Man Far From Home. Check out that episode as well. That's also streaming on Disney Plus. And just like every other streaming service, we're not quite sponsored just yet. Uh, but come. Um, yeah, it'll come. It'll come. <laughs> it, we just got to speak it into existence, right, Jeremy? Yeah, man. Got to keep doing it every week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But again, AJ, you know, we have this open door policy for all our guests. Uh, we hope to have you soon again on uh, another future episode. You know, at the very latest, set next season for sure we'll have you. Um, there's no shortage of MC, MCU movies. Who knows next next year for our next franchise rewatch? I have a franchise in mind. We'll talk offline about that on like as soon as we hit that stop button. But uh, yeah, Jeremy and I are so lucky to have you. I uh, always always <laughs> happy to be here and always thankful to be on here. I know, especially with your with the time difference, it's literally almost one o'clock your time. Yes, um, yes in it the is. morning. I so <laughs> work in the morning. It's working. Exactly. It's so Bedtime for AJ. Yeah, exactly. So, um, on behalf of Andrea, our social media mogul, follow her on Instagram. Uh, her art Instagram is at Andrea J Palapal. On behalf of AJ, um, who, I mean, dude, he's family. Um, I won't give that reference to that movie franchise that we like to reference so much. <laughs> no more love, damn it. <laughs> hey, every week. Every week. Uh, I didn't say it, though. I didn't say it. But on behalf of my tag team partner, Jeremy Pullenbarrett, because we love the WWE, that's a reference that we're down with. My name is Ken, and we are the Weekly Real Podcast, and we'll see you next week on the real.